Colossians chapter 4, this is the letter of Paul to the church in Colossians. And he said in, chapter, in verse 3 of chapter 4, where we're going to read up to verse 6, the Bible says, Paul praying and pleading with the brethren says, Meanwhile, praying also for us that God will open to us a door for the what? For the word. To speak the mysteries of Christ for which I am also in chains. Now it's important you know that when Paul speaks like this and anywhere you see him saying he's, he's in chains doesn't mean a, a literal word. He was actually the very last days of Paul while he was in prison and always and was going to be beheaded. So this is a man in the face of death still writing to the church saying I labor and I ask that you pray for me that I will be able to still speak the mysteries of Christ in which I'm in chains. Verse 4, he says that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. And in verse 5, he says, walk then in wisdom towards those who are outside redeeming the time. Verse 6 is our main core scripture for today. And it says, let your speech always be with what? With grace. I didn't hear that. Be with what? With grace. The two words we're going to cling on in this verse today is the word grace. Let your speech always be what? With grace. And what? Seasoned with salt. That's the second word we're going to cling on this morning. Let your speech always be with grace. Seasoned with salt. That you may know how you ought to answer how many people each one. Another translation of the scripture says that you may know how to answer everyone. There is a way you speak in the office. There is a way you speak at home. There is a way you answer an angry man. There is a way you speak when you are not angry. If you have this wisdom which Paul is going to show us, he says let your words always be with grace and let it be seasoned with salt. In this dispensation and in this season, God is saying you can go further than you are. You can do better than you are doing if you understand how to speak well. Now I need you to understand that when the Holy Ghost is speaking during a season is particularly important for us to pay attention. And it says in this season, if you can speak well, there is a dimension God will take you to that is better than where we are. And as we study God's word this morning, I bring you the word as we continue on the subject, speak well, live well, I bring you the word that is titled seasoned with salt. Praise the name of the Lord. Celebrate the name of the Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Father, Lord in heaven, we thank you for your word. Glorify your son. Glorify your word. Thank you because you always hear when I ask. Thank you because you've answered. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Hey, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. I say amen. I say amen. Speak well, live well, seasoned with salt. I want to first particularly thank Pastor Yomi Badejo Kusanya for those who will always tune into the Monday prayer meeting. I don't know how many of us does that. If you've ever been in that prayer meeting, you will know why I'm thanking him. And um, it's one thing to do something and as another thing to be consistent in what you do. And I must say without a shadow of doubt that that Monday meeting itself is one of the meetings that I always look forward to because I'm always blessed. And I must say that um, the last 10 minutes of that prayer meeting is what I always, always look forward to. 
I've come to realize that it is one of the few prayer meetings that people will come to the place of prayer and then they will ask for prayer requests without shame, without condemnation, without prejudice. People will lay their prayer requests to the bear. And the brethren will pray and I, have, I can attest that within a period of time, testimonies always come back by the reason of those, of those prayers. So I want to celebrate him for what he has, he's doing and what he's been doing. And I want to celebrate Sister Tega. I always hear when you call her up, even when she's not prepared, the, the, the sweetness in which she comes, I want to celebrate her as well. God bless you, Minister Tega. The Lord bless you indeed. And I'm bringing this up because on, on Monday when we were praying, it came to fall that a sister said something that was very key. He said, uh, when the period was open for prayer requests, this, the lady said, I have a prayer request. And the prayer request is to solely pray for Pastor Yomi Badejo Kunsoya. Why? Because she said the subject that he has prayed in that line, which is to speak well and to live well, is something that has affected her for a long time. For a while, she has been in a position and she has not moved forward. She has not moved farther than that because something was said concerning her that was actually not true. So you, if you think the Holy Spirit is just saying anything in this season, I'm sorry, but it's very important. If you've not received your miracle yet, you just need to open your heart to see what God is about to do. She said nobody had brought her to the level where she was supposed to be because something was said against her. And she said, let us pray for Pastor Yomi for praying in that direction because chains had been broken by the result of that prayer. And there was a testimony as well how the Lord brought a woman up to the level. I think, I don't know if she was in the board. And she'd never been there because of what was said. And by the time the Lord elevated her, the people that stopped her from getting there said, ah, we heard so much about you, but for what we have seen, it is nothing compared to what was said against you. And I lay hand and I, and I prophesy this morning that every handwriting of the enemy that has spoken evil against us, that have put us in a place where we are not supposed to be, by the reason and the power of the Holy Ghost will lay away such a handwriting and only what God has spoken shall come to pass in the name of Jesus. And so as she began to... To, to, to testify and then we, we took time and thanked Pastor Yomi and prayed for her and prayed for him and then I want to salute him as well because immediately after that he said something that really humbled my spirit. He said what you have tasted in this prayer meeting you've just had the garment experience in this prayer meeting. The oil on the garment experience. I don't know if you know what the garment experience means. The scripture says for how pleasant and how good it is for brethren to dwell together in you Unity. In the next verse, it says, it's like the oil that is poured on the head of Aaron that flows through his beard all the way to the garment. Now, it's important, you know, that Aaron was the priest over the temple. He was a high priest over the temple, and the Lord poured the oil upon him. And every other, the oil and the blessing was so great that there was overflow through his beard and all through the garment. So when we talk about garment experiences, that you are only having a taste of the big thing. And so he said, I am not the one that carried the 
word. But there's a man that carried the word. We are just running with it. The one whose oil of the word have come upon. And we're just praying with the word that the Holy Spirit gave us. And so I want to thank the senior pastor for being the carrier of that word. The oil of that word. If you love him, let's celebrate him for, for, for bringing such a word to speak well and to live well to us. Amen. And it may surprise you sometimes, it's not every time the Holy Spirit puts you in a direction that you feel like saying anything in that direction. You could have said to yourself, what, what business does speaking well have to do with money in my pocket? We are talking about destinies here. Amen. I also want to thank him for this opportunity and for granting me leave not to be around last week. I had to attend to something, but I miss church and I'm glad I am here. Please let's celebrate the senior pastor one more time. It is joy to be here in the presence of the Lord. Amen. So in Colossians chapter 4, if you pay attention, if you start from verse 1, the Bible says in chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, Paul was teaching the church in Colossians. And he was teaching them about faith in the, in the kingdom. He taught them about reconciliation. He spoke to them about sacrificial service. He spoke to them about being a new man, how to avoid carnality. And he began to teach the, the brethren about how to walk in the ways of God. But the scripture began to, 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 be, to become clearer in chapter 4 when Paul began to turn his attention to what was seemingly not, it really didn't look as if it was um, a spiritual matter, but it was an important matter. And so in verse 3, Paul began to teach the children, uh, the, the, the church in Colossians 4 verse 3, multimedia helpers, and he said to them, this is a prayer that I pray for you. He said, meanwhile, praying for us that God will open to us a door for the word. For the what? For the word. To speak the mysteries of Christ for which I am in chains. Now, it is one thing to know how to speak well. And it's another thing for a door to be opened for you to speak. Paul said that a door be opened to us that we may be able to speak the mysteries of Christ. He was, he was in the ministry. I don't know what you are carrying. You may be a career person. You may be a business person. But there is an opportunity you are looking for. One man to speak to. A group of people to speak to. A seminar to attend. That if the door is not open, no matter what you do, you may not have your breakthrough. Paul said, this is what I have responsibility to do, to speak the mysteries. You are a business person. Whatever you do, there is a door that can be opened to you. If you are not prepared enough to speak, you may not be able to do anything when the opportunity comes. And he says, for this is what I carry. This is what I do for a living. I speak the mysteries of Christ. You are a business person. Whatever you do, he says that a door be opened to me that I should be able to speak the mysteries of Christ. In fact, in another letter to another church, he said, pray for me that when I have opportunity to speak, that I may speak it boldly. To speak it boldly. Is an opportunity. If the door is not open, we may not be able to do all what we have learned the past few weeks. A sister met me in church some, I think it was last year, and she said to me, I have a mystery of what I do for a living. I am so good in what I do for a living. I have gone to so many places, but there is one place that I'm yet to go to. I understand if I can break that barrier and speak to such a person that then my career and my CV will go higher. 
And she said to me, I need to speak to your company secretary based on what I do. A sister I know so well, and I know that if this one have opportunity, she will not misuse it. He said, let me speak to your company secretary. Is the door I've been looking for for many years. If I can have an appointment with him, then I know that my business will go to another level. The same way somebody here is saying, if I can have someone to speak with, for you, all you do, you may have businesses that you speak to thousands of people, but the reason why the Holy Spirit is teaching us so that we know that we have to be prepared for the day that you have opportunity to speak big, even, to, even, even if it is to one man. And he said, let me speak to this person. I understand if I speak to this person, he will give me what I want. And I set up a meeting between two of them. Few weeks down the line, she came with a smile. I said, I met him and it was a wonderful experience. What if she had not learned the act of speaking well? What could have happened? Somebody's destiny is predicated on knowing what to say at the right time. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So Paul speaking, go to verse 4. The Bible says in verse 4, he says that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Give me verse 5. Going ahead, Paul says, walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let's go to verse 6 and let's go to the matter of the day. In verse 6, Paul then said something. He says, let your speech always be with what? Be with what? Now, do you know what grace means? Pastor was speaking to us some few Wednesdays ago, and there's something he said about tact. And then he said tact is an act of making a point without making enemies. It, word tact is from the same word that you say tactical, which means you must plan what you have to do. Paul said, let your speech be seasoned with what? With grace. Seasoned with what? With grace. Does anybody know what grace means? Grace is not just doing something, it's doing something the right way. It's like when you walk, you can walk anyhow and somebody else can walk with grace. Do you know that? You can, you can sit in a particular position and somebody else can sit with what? With grace. We get to look at what this means. There is a way someone will walk through that door and then it will, he will make an impression without saying a word. Do you believe that? And so Paul say, if you know how to walk with grace, there is also how you can grace whatever comes out of your mouth. Have you seen when women walk with their high heel? How does it look like? And they do those catwalk. How does it look like? It looks graceful, isn't it? The same way Paul is saying you can walk in a way that has grace wrapped around it. The very first time I joined Grace Assembly, one of the things that really caught my attention was usually when the pastors walk into church. Then they used to walk through this way. And then for the first time, I saw the senior pastor and the other pastors, they were walking in this way. And I said, how will a man walk this way? And I'm happy about how he's walking. Praise the Lord. Very rare for a man to do something and another man feels happy about it. But the way he walked in, I said, ah, this man must have something. It was an impression that he laid in my heart. And I've watched him for many years. The way he walks speaks volume of his personality. Am I correct? So you can walk anyhow, but there's a way some, someone else walks and it gives an impression of who that person is. Praise the Lord. One of the things that I understood in the chairman of my company, if you enter his office, between the door to his table is a very long distance. 
and it's very, very deliberate. The, 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 the deliberate, the, the reason is from the moment the person walks in to the moment he sits on that chair, he will make a decision about you without saying anything. So don't think the way you walk doesn't matter. So when we talk about speaking well, pastor said something the other day. He said, it's not about what you say alone. Paul, advising Timothy, said, let no man despise your youth, but be an example in speech and in conduct. You can speak well, but the moment you walk in and it doesn't really make sense to whoever is looking at you, you may lose an opportunity. Praise the name of the Lord. And so Paul said, let your speech be with grace. And when you walk, there must be something that is said about the way you walk. When pastor walks in, I so fall in love with it. You know, when you walk and then the steps are just one, two, three. You are not walking. And by the time he wants to wave at you, he doesn't wave the way I knew it. I was taught if you want to wave, you wave like this. Bye-bye. But for the first time, I saw a man waving with his smile just like this. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. So if you think he was born with it, you are making a mistake. It is something you get to know. When you get to know it, you know it for good and you learn it and you work with it. That is what, it, what, that what the Bible says. You must embrace what you say. You walk in a way, embrace it. You sit in a way, you embrace it. Once we were younger, we always see when ladies want to sit, they sit with their skirts and they do like this. Remember, that is a graceful way to, to sit. The same woman can sit in a way that is not graceful. Just sit anyhow. The chair will start vibrating. Praise the Lord. That means the sitting has no what? No grace. Praise the name of the Lord. So, but there's a way you can sit and has what? Grace in it. The way you even drive, the way you turn your steering. You know, there are some people that turn the steering and you wonder, is it not a power-driven steering? They turn it as if it's a molewe. It's because they have seen people turn steering that way. But there's a way you turn steering. Praise the name of the Lord. You add some grace to whatever you do. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. So when you... When you talk about grace, Paul then said, this is what grace means. It means engracing whatever you do. You want to speak, you speak with grace. You want to talk, you talk with grace. There's a walking that has to have grace permitted with it. And we're going to look at it this morning that grace, having grace for something is not something you have naturally. And that is why in this season, God has taken time to teach us that this is not what you have naturally. You have to learn it. Tell somebody you have to learn it. I remember back then when my father wants to come to the dining table. The moment he wants to come to the dining table, you will know that somebody wants to come and eat. Amen. It was a ritual. He makes it very, very important. And so if you come to the dining table as a visitor, he will, he, you will create impression by the way you eat or by whatever you do. So you don't come to this dining table speaking anyhow, eating anyhow. He understands what you need to do part time because for everything you do right even on the dining table, you are speaking volume about what you can do. The Bible says, for when you go to the, to, to the king to eat, he said, be careful if you, if, you, if you are a glutton. The king will say, don't worry, go ahead, eat, eat, eat. And you say, ah, king, king, I should eat this one. No, go ahead, eat. He said, the moment you keep eating, you are making an impression to the king. So it's not every business dinner you go, you say, ah, sir, I should eat. You are eating business dinner. Is it food you went to eat or you went to make sign business contract? 
So they say, I have not said anything. I, didn't even, I don't even know what I did. They say I should get out. I have not even made my proposition. Amen. Gracefully, I have not said anything. The man says he's not signing. Why? What did I do? He said you should eat. You too, you are eating. You don't know the eating you are creating or speaking volume about who he is. That's how we give this one contract. You use it to eat food. Amen. <laughs> Seasoned with salt. So Paul said, you need to understand what engracing means. You can say a word, it means one thing. You can say another word, it means another thing. You don't even need to speak sometimes before you make what? An impression. Some of us are bosses, we are managers in our office, so it is natural. Well, if you read verse 6, take us to verse 6, please. The verse 6 says that you may have grace on it, seasoned with what? Please help me. Seasoned with what? That you may know how to answer how many people? Each one, which means the way I'll talk to Pastor Yomi may be different from the way I'll talk to the senior pastor. The way I will talk to my boss must be different from the way I talk to my wife. We see situations where people talk one way in the office and they forget they are talk, they're supposed to talk to each one. You are the boss. If you tell your secretary, where is my file? What would the secretary do? He will bring the file, put it on your table. And as the secretary is going, he say, come back here, come back here. This, this file, is it straight in your eyes? And the secretary will do what? We arrange it. And she will even thank you for it. Why? Because you are teaching the person how to be orderly. Am I correct? The same way you speak, if you get home, don't speak that way to a woman. The same thing you said, don't speak it to the woman at home. Where is my food? She brings it to the table. She's going, come, come. Is this food straight? Praise the Lord. Amen. Speak well. Your man, you, you will have peace in your home. Amen. So you see, praise the Lord. Pastor Yomi said, if you tell them to straighten, they will straighten you. You will do dry fast for 10 days. Amen. I don't know about your home, but there's a way I speak to my wife when it comes to food matter. If not, my plantain will miss by one. Amen. So what we are saying is, the Bible says to know how to speak to each one, sir. It's not the same way you say, talk to your secretary that you speak to the woman. The scripture says there is a word you say that brings life to a man and there is another you say that tears down the spirit. If you talk to a wife that way, she will straighten it but you have torn down her spirit. She may not serve you well with a whole heart sometimes but your secretary will do. Know how to speak to each one. It is different. Amen. So so if you grace it, you will get the right response. Hallelujah. And that's why the scripture says in, I think, Proverbs 15 verse 4, he says, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it weakens the spirit. Say no word, you will, you will still be speaking. Praise the Lord. It is still in this same church that we saw somebody celebrating his birthday and they said to him happy birthday without saying a word and the woman said I will say happy birthday but not in this house took the man to an isolated place and used roses to do happy birthday on the bed we saw it Abby. I will not mention names neither will I look in that direction amen so the woman was simply saying 
happy birthday, but with what? Roses on the bed. Praise the Lord. You can't get that, you can't get that response from a woman if you have not spoken in the same love language. Amen. I won't look in that direction. Praise the Lord. But the person knows who he is. And you tell me he will not live well. You are joking. Amen. Thank God my own bed is, my, my wife's bed is over, my own is next. So she will, I'm sure she has learned how to say happy birthday. If it is woman I know, she will not bring roses, she will bring the garden to the house. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So Paul speaking said, this is what you need to do. Learn how to embrace your word. And we're going to look at what it means. There are three things we need to do when we talk about gracing. Number one, you have to have the willingness. Number two, you have to learn it. And number three, you have to put it in practice. Let's take that one after the other. Engracing. If you do something in a particular way, you have to engrace it and know what it means. First, you have to be willing. Pastor Yomi have really done justice to this when he spoke last week. Let's celebrate it one more time. On <clears throat> if you are willing and obedient. When this word started, you have to be willing to learn. Sir, it is not every, you, are, you were not born naturally to speak in a very harsh tone. No, that is the way I am. Is the lie from the pit of hell. You can engrace it with practice. You are not born to speak harshly. No, you were not born that way. And that is what the work of the Holy Spirit does. He can transform you to speaking harshly, to speaking what? In a soft bone. You were not born to be violent. Ah, there she comes. When she comes, she will just start complaining about that is not the way you were born. You can say the same thing. You can say to someone, ah, this thing is not straight. Let's make it straight. You've made a point without complaining, without what? Affecting other person. That is tact. You were not born that way. That is why the Bible says, if you allow me to teach you, you will learn. You were not born to be harsh to your wife or to your husband. If you learn how to speak well to him or her, they will respond reciprocally. Amen. You were not born that way. We can learn it and that's why Paul said, let's embrace what we do. The way you walk and you learn it over time, the same way you can learn how to talk well over time. The Bible says in Exodus 4 verse 10, go Exodus 4 verse 10, and God appeared to a man called Moses. He said, Moses, I want to take you to a point where you'll be a leader and I'm going to help you to deliver the children of Israel. And Moses said to God, Lord, if only you know that have been my heart desire for a long time. The same way God is saying to someone here, I want to take you somewhere. And you are saying, if only you know that is the blessing I've been looking for. I want to make you the head of your family, the head of your business, the, 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 the trailblazer. And you said, Lord, that has been my prayer for a long time. God said to Moses, this is what I want to use you to do. I want to make destiny out of you. And then he said to him, and when he spoke to Moses, he said, I'm going to send you to your people. When you get there, speak to them. Moses said, I have no problem with that. But who will I say sent me? He said, tell them, the I am have sent me. Moses had no problem talking to his family members. And he said to him, you will also go before the king and speak the words that I have for you. Immediately, Moses said to the Lord. But Moses pleaded with the Lord. Can you read with me? He said what? Oh Lord, I am not very good with words. He went ahead and said, I have never even been before. And I'm not, even now, I am not. 
even though you have spoken to me, I am not good with words. Why? I get tongue-tied and I, my words get what? Tangled. In other words, God, give me the blessing. Let me live well. But you see that speaking word. You don't need to teach me. I can do without it. And God is saying, in this dimension that I'm taking you to, you have to learn it. And the reality is, I've, I've, I've come to understand in life, the higher you go, you must have the ability to speak. The higher, if you are going in career, you will get to a point you must be able to speak. Your subordinates must not do things because you stole them to. They must say it because you, 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 they've bought into what you are saying. And you cannot say it because you feel like you have to learn it over time. When we speak like this, we'll see pastors speak, we'll learn it. We'll see other people speak, we'll learn it. It's not by mistake, you have to learn it over time. And God said to him, he said, you, you cannot speak well. Give me the next verse, verse 12. And the Lord said, in this business or where I want to take you to, you cannot say you cannot do it well. You can't speak well. And the Lord says, now go. I will, but I will be with you as you speak. And I will instruct you what to say. And now, don't get this wrong. When the Lord says he will teach you something, one of the biggest mistakes we do in the Christian dom is when God says he will teach us, we just assume when that time comes, God will say what he wants to say. Never. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will teach you and then he will bring to remembrance. You have to read it somewhere, learn it somewhere before a remembrance can be made. You have to read the book. How many times have you eagerly said, I want to be able to speak to a customer, but I don't have the boldness. There are books written on how to speak boldly. You have to read something, learn something, have a mentor and you will be able to get there. Amen. Am I preaching this morning? So you have to be willing. Some few weeks, last week to be precise, one of my colleagues called me and said, look, there, this unit, this department, I'm telling you out of a good source, this is real. And he said to me, the third position will be made the head of that unit. And I asked him, what will happen to the other two, the supervisor and the team lead? He said they will take them to other units and then they will bring this one up to fill that position. And I said, ah, why? How come? They said, well, for every time they make presentation in their unit, it is that man that says everything. Whether small or big, he's the face they see. So as far as they are concerned, he's the man with the idea. And what actually happens? Sometimes they give him dirty job. Go and present it. Dirty job. And whatever they send to him, we've seen the man, he doesn't put it the way they, if you give him paper to present, he will put the paper in a very presentable way. He will walk up there, even if it is pen he wants to sell, he will sell it as if he's selling gold. And for over time, they said to them that we don't know what, who does this job, but the man they see, the way he speaks, the knowledge he brings is the one. So don't think that I can always send somebody to do it. You are only not selling yourself in what you are doing. God said to Moses, in this business, you have to learn how to speak. Praise the Lord. So if you are not willing, you will not have the desire. And the scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, if you don't have it, you can covet it. Ah, me, I can't speak well. Who told you you can't? The Bible says, but earnestly desire the words, the best gifts. If speaking is required in your business, desire it. 
And he says, and yet I show you a more excellent way. I cannot, God never excused Moses. Ah, since you cannot, okay, let me, let me just deliver the children of Israel without somebody saying a thing. Never, God will not do it. But you have to be willing to be able to. So if you have to have grace in your speech, there must be willingness to what? To learn. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Number two, you must get yourself into a learning position. If you desire it, you must learn it. When the choir comes to sing sometimes, there are people who come to sing and they do not add body language to how they sing. Do you know it's possible? But there's someone who can sing and express it also in the body. So that's why Paul said, you must be able to speak and in, the, in speaking and in conduct. So in learning, you must know where you are weak. Don't think it's every time we leave the pulpits preaching like this, we'll go and then we're all good. Sometimes pastor will humbly tell us, ah, you missed out something, you will have added this. Ah, you missed out something, you will have done this. Oh, there's a point you will have given a smile to give an impression of what you said. We learn from him every time. It looks like as if we know it. We don't know it all. We watch Pastor Yomi, we watch Pastor Kwa, we watch ourselves, we take from here, take from here, add everything to make you a better. If you don't open yourself to learning, the Holy Spirit has no business teaching you. So the question is, when last did you try to learn how to do something? This is talking about grace. Bible says, grace it. So when you speak, you have to learn how to speak well. One of the things I discovered in one of my kids is usually when you tell her to say something, she comes rolling her clothes. You know what, you know what it means to be speaking and rolling? Do you know what that means? If you don't know what it means, it's the loss of confidence. When your child is speaking and scratching the head or doing something and holding up something, it's a sign that that child is not confident. And I said to myself, this child will not, will not grow up being uncomfortable in speaking to people. And I said to them, I gave them an assignment. So for a period of time, what we did was we give them an assignment, maybe school assignment or whatsoever or Bible, something to share, read, share. And then in the evening, they will come and present it, not sitting down, standing up. And anytime they present it, the first time you see them rolling and you tell them, don't touch your cloth. So we teach them to speak without touching their cloth because it's a sign of weakness for anyone. And then we talk them gradually. Sometimes you see them pacing. We say, no, don't pace. Stand and look at whoever you are talking to. If you are shy, don't look at the eye eyeballs. Look at the head. That was what we're taught. If you don't read it, you will not know. If you don't learn it, you cannot know. The Lord said to Jeremiah, he said, I will give you boldness. Don't be afraid of their faces. Ah, I have a customer. If I go there, I don't know what to say. I am shaking. If you are shaking, how will you sell your product? And over time, as we taught them, and they began to change. No more holding of cloth. No more twisting of hair. They stand boldly. They make their presentation. They introduce themselves. And I say, aha, I'm getting there. And so if you, if you discover such weakness, whether in your child or in yourself, you need to learn how to say something. You can't be a father and command the children all the time. No, you must be able to speak. The moment you are speaking and they are saying, ah, well, I'm just doing it grudgingly. And you are saying to yourself, do you know who I, do you know I'm the father of this house? You are losing it, amen. If you speak well, they will hear you well. The Lord will have mercy in Jesus' name. <laughs> Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9, we'll go to practicing 
Philippians 4, verse 8 and 9. The Bible says, concerning how to practice, it says, finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure and lovely, whatsoever things are of good report or that has any virtue in it, if there, any, if there be any praiseworthy, what did he say we should do? He should do what? And what is meditation? Putting yourself into it. If this speaking well will make me go higher, then I have to do what? Put myself to it. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Number three, practice it. That is all you need to grace. Number one, your willingness. Number two, your learning. And number three, putting it in practice. If you learn anything and then you don't put it to practice, you've not done anything. They say anytime I talk, I talk angrily, but I'm learning how to talk lowly, amen? And so you have to practice it. You have to find someone to, 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 to appraise you. I have stopped now. I'm no more angry. And the, but what is coming out of your mouth is still what? Anger. In your own mind, you, are not, you have even reduced the anger. So you were 100%. Now you are 90. You say you have tried. No. Somebody have to what? Appraise you. Philippians 4 verse 9. The Bible said in Philippians 4 verse 9, help us multimedia. He said, the things you have, the things you have, and what? And you have heard me, and what? Saw in me, this thing you should what? The things you should do what? And the God of peace will be with you. Anything you see that is worthy, he said, these things you should do. These things you should do. A man was, a man was, um, a man was taught how to speak well. And then in his speaking, they told him, you always get angry all the time. So they, he went to, he read books and all the rest. And they said, for every time you want to say a word, first, don't say it when you are angry. And this is what they told him. They say, breathe in and breathe out for 30 seconds before you talk. Amen? I say amen. amen. So the man learned it. They say, well, they say I should breathe in and breathe out for how many seconds? So he learned everything. So his first test, he got somewhere and somebody got him angry. And the thing that was in his mouth to say was, you are very stupid. That was what was in his mind to say. But he remembered that what they told him it was to do what? Breathe in, breathe out. For how long? 30 seconds before he does what? He speaks. So as he was about to say it, he just held himself. And he breathed in and breathed out for 30 seconds. And by the time he spoke, he still spoke the same thing that he had in his mind. He said, they said I should wait for 30 seconds. Was that the idea? So he breathed in and breathed out for 30 seconds and still call somebody a stupid person. Is that practice or not? No. So when you breathe in and breathe out, it's giving you amount of time to change what you are about to what? To say. That's how I say, that's how I speak. No. It is not every answer that requires an immediate word answer. The Bible says, be swift to hear and be slow to talk, if you, to, to speak. If there's anything you need to do, when you are, you, you, you are thinking of what to do, one of the things I learned was write on the floor. Do you know what that means? 
they came to Jesus. They wanted to tempt him to say what was not right. The Bible says, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw them and said, this woman is an adulterous woman. Let us stone him. They didn't bring him to Jesus because they wanted to free the woman. They wanted him to say something amiss and hold him into it. But the Bible says Jesus lifted up his head to them and put his head down and was writing on the floor. What do you think he was doing? He was learning what to say within that. If he wants to say it the way he is in his heart, he will have said the same thing that means what he said earlier on. If Jesus had lifted up his head in anger and said, you, you want to stone him. You that stole, you, 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 you that slapped somebody the other day. You want, oh yeah, go ahead and, and stone him. You, you want to stone him. You, you, you that you that are fighting somebody. That, is that not what Jesus was saying? Tact is saying something but creating no enemy. You want to stone him. You, you, I know what you have done. I know where you have done. When, what did you go to do in Abuja? I know. You and I will know. And so Jesus will have called one of them one by one and called their sins. Is that not true? But he said, if I say it that way, that is what they want to hear. But Bible says, and the Holy Spirit says, for Jesus said concerning the Holy Spirit, he said, for what I hear my father speak, that is what I say. I do not speak on my own accord. Who have you learned from? And the Bible says, and Jesus lifted up his head and said, he that is without stone, should, he that without sin should do what? Cast the first. Is it not the same thing with what I just explained? One way you can create an enemy, one way you can be seen as a man of wisdom. Somebody celebrate the Lord. As I begin to wrap this up, you need to practice it. I called a friend that I've not seen for seven years. And the last time we knew ourselves, she was always a very, very angry person. Any small thing, she would bust. And after she called me, I called her back and we're just in. And I said, and I said ah, you, you know, you used to be a very, very an angry person then. She said, ah, if you know what I have missed by what I have said, nobody taught me I had to go and learn. I said, are you sure? I said, she said, yes. So until I see her and I see that she has changed, then I will believe her. Praise the Lord. So you must learn. One of the things I tried to learn recently is how to get somewhere with my wife and then we will walk from the car to where we are going the same time. I've learned it. It has not yet worked, but I will learn it. Because um, when you come to church or wherever you are going and then you off the engine, that is when they will know they want to wear the shoe. So if you not say anything at that point, you may put yourself in trouble. Okay, I'm not alone. Okay, somebody is pointing to that direction. So your mind will want to say something. Didn't you know that we are almost there? But you have to swallow whatever you need to say because if you don't swallow it, you won't leave that car. Praise the Lord. You will only be walking in frowning differently. Amen. So you will say, ah, wear the shoe quickly now. Ah, wait now. Why didn't you just wear it before we got here? You want me to be wearing it when you are entering Gallup Abbey. So you will just swallow it again. And then you wait and wait. The minimum you wait sometimes is about two, two minutes. It's too long for a man. So you don't want to wait for two minutes. And then when you are almost done, they will now bring that, that mirror down. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Pastor Yomi is warning me, but I'm going somewhere. So once they bring that mirror down, it is finished. Praise the Lord. So let me 
let me off the mic. So what I'm trying to say is that sometimes you cannot say what you have to say. You have to talk, praise the Lord. Amen. So as God begins to teach us, we know what to say in season and out of season. So Paul was saying that learn how to grace whatever you say. And gracing means you have to, number one, be willing. Number two, number two, learn it. Number three, put it in practice. And so I said to myself, I will learn how to say no word. And so what usually happens is when we get somewhere and just ask her, do you need more time? She say yes. Leave the ignition on. Can I go? Yes, you can go. Am I learning or not? If you are here, you are not learning. You are on your own. Colossians 4, give us verse 6 as we bring this to a close. Now, this is what happens. Now, this is the beauty of what just happened by learning these three things. From the moment you were an angry person, from the moment you were rude, from the moment you were shy, to the moment you have added grace to whatever you say. That is what Jesus saw when he said to his disciples, he said, I have looked at you, you have learned from me. A man called Peter stayed with Jesus for a long time, never knowing that he has learned the ways of Jesus, the way he speaks and everything. And they were, they, at some point, he said something denying Jesus. And they said, ah, you speak like one of them for your speech have given you out. The way you learn it over time, a time will come when somebody will say, ah, you didn't used to speak like this, but now you speak like this. I think we can do business together. You didn't used to be like this, but the way you are working now, you have tact in everything, we can do business together. Now, what you don't understand that have happened when Paul said, let your speech always be with grace. Grace means you have learned it, you have come to a point where you have been transformed from one point onto another. The transformed Christian is a one that allows the Holy Spirit to teach in this direction that says this is what you need and does it. Jesus looking at his disciples said to them, you have learned from me. You've been graced by what you say, by how you talk and everything. And at the end, Jesus said to them, you are the salt of the earth. He said it's not what goes into a man that defiles a man, but what cometh out of him. If you are not salted in the earth, if you are not salted enough by working and learning, what happens is that whatever you say has no season in it. Have you ever eaten a food that had not enough salt? How does it taste like? It's too bad. Without enough maggi, too bad. Without enough pepper, too bad. Little or over everything is not good. And the scripture says in that verse 6, multimedia stay there. He said, let your speech always be with grace. It is when you are in grace after you have been willing, you have learned and practiced it. He said, then you have been seasoned with salt. You will get to the point that whatever you say has the seasoning in you that comes out good. Before I used to be angry. Now I have learned it. All of a sudden, if I talk, my talk is good. Multimedia help us with Matthew 5 verse 13. The Bible says, you are the salt of the earth. Have you read that scripture before? Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be worth seasoned? Now I need you to look at Mark 9 verse 50. Jesus went ahead and saying, the moment you learn how to grace your talk, Mark, Mark 9 15, he says, salt is what? Salt is what? But if it loses its flavor, how can it season it? Now the Bible says, have salt in what? Did he say outside? 
He said, have salt where? In yourself. He says, and have peace with one another. Jesus was saying, the moment you learn it, what you have in you is a salt. The process of learning, the process of practicing, you are in the kitchen of your life, learning and preparing what to say. The moment you have prepared it and whatever you say now becomes seasoned because you have been transformed in as a person and that is why for everything you say becomes salted. Praise the name of the Lord. And so that is why all of a sudden you become very positive in everything you say. Why? Because you are now seasoned and you are now seasoned with the salt of the world. No more negativity but what? Positivity. You were rude before but all of a sudden having learned in these few weeks you have empowered yourself that what becomes in you is the salt of the earth. Whatever you say no more become rude but you become cautious in whatever you say. Before I was shy but over time I have read books about how to speak boldly. Now I have become the salt. No more shy, but now bold to speak what I have to say. Before, like Moses, I was tongue-tied. If you bring me up here, I will start stammering. Now I have learned, I have become the salt of the earth. I am now eloquent in my speech. Now, before I was harsh, but now over time I have learned it. Now I am tender-hearted because my life is seasoned, my words are seasoned, and if you speak well, you will live well. Praise the name of the Lord. Please rise to your feet if you have been blessed and celebrate the Lord and give praise to the Lord. Just someone celebrate God in the beauty of his holiness. You are the Lord, you change it not. You are the Lord, and you change and you change it. Sing it from the bottom of your heart. You are the Lord. You are the Lord. We are seeing you change. You are the Lord. Yes, you are. You change. Sing it. Let us see. You are the we give you praise. We thank you because your word is true. You are the Lord that changeth not. Your word is everlasting to the end of the earth. You said, Lord, that the man will be totally furnished for every good work. We thank you for your word that has come. We pray for every man that has heard this word. Let, be, let there be a transformation in the name of Jesus. Thank you to the Lord that changeth not. Thank you, sweet Holy Spirit, for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. One more time, let's celebrate the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the only potent God, the Lord is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Have you been blessed this morning?